This week on Garden Time, we tackle fall decorating and how to dress up your garden for the holidays. And we bring you some great gardening tips to help you prepare for the winter. Coming up next on Garden Time. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. Tell us what you're looking for and we'll upgrade the way you shop for Subarus. When you're just browsing, need great service, or starting your next adventure, we're always here for you. It's your story at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 7 region. This deals with plants that can survive at approximately zero degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts, Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. So welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. This is producer Jeff. I'm behind the camera as I used to be for 17 years. And uh, Ryan and Judy are here today and we're going to be talking about fall decorating. So, uh, and some other things that have to do with fall. So first of all, um, Judy, you work for Al's Garden Center and um, with four locations here in the Portland metro area. You brought some things for decorating. So let's talk about what you brought and you and Ryan can tell people about the plants that were chosen. Well, you know, I think we decorate the front of our house, our patios, our front porches, our by our doorways for summertime. And it's like fall is the best time, though, I think, because there's so much more that you can do. There's so many props to do. It's not just all about Halloween, like our little scary face here, but it's about the harvest and about bringing that just kind of change of seasons with the change of plants to our front porch. You know, like a lot of our you know spring and summer baskets are kind of oomphing out a little yeah. bit come fall they get a little tired you know and you're i like to change up my porch and get more of the fall colors like you said you know it's harvest time and it's there's so much fun stuff you can do with your front porch there and we is. did and we did a story in the past yeah. um that where we switched out a container and we put in a rudbeckia we put in bulbs and that's what people can do at home as well right yeah your containers you just don't have to redo the whole thing you just kind of take a knife and kind of take out the geraniums or take out those impatience and put in fall pansies put in some mums in those really beautiful fall colors in yellows and russet and even purples and so you can kind of just change them out one by one. You don't have to redo that whole container. Yeah, you know, because I have I leave things in my pots that stand there year round. Yes. But you can give it a totally different look, like you said. Just pop out a couple things, add a new splash of color, and I'll take you through the fall, summer, even all winter long. Yeah. So Ryan and I did this kind of display here in front of the house, and so we used annuals and a few perennials, but it's all about fall, and it's all about these are all different kind of things. Plus, we've added in pumpkins. And you know, I love the assortment of pumpkins these days. There's oh. maybe 25 different ones at every store. But pumpkins have come a long way. You know, <laughs> it used to be, okay, here's your big orange, orange carving jack-o'-lantern. Now you have the orange ones. You have the white ones, the yellow ones now, which yeah. are a really cool color. The, you know, warty ones, green warty warties, ones. white warties, curved ones. I mean, there's so much you can do with, with the pumpkins alone. Right. Let alone, you know, pair them up with all these great plants. Yeah. And if and if you don't cut them, you can use some of them for um, squash soups because uh, they're all part of the gourd family. And some of them are known for their 
taste and their consistency, correct? Yeah, and yeah. you know, this kind of thing can stay till even till Thanksgiving. Some things will go if it frosts really heavy, right. but I leave my pumpkins out until I put up Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, so you know, and like you said, you know, without carving them, yeah. they'll last for months. Time. Once you carve them, you're, you're only going to get a week right, or two right. out of them. But, um, but yeah, so let's talk about some of the kind of the fun things. You know, moms have been around forever. You know, we're always we're all very familiar with moms. They've been around a long time. Yellows, oranges, reds, whites, pinks, purples. But you know, some of the cool flower yeah. colors are coming out. So different colors and then different bloom size. So we have one up here that you brought this one, Judy. It's kind of really interesting looking. Why don't you kind of describe which, what this one is? Yeah, these remind me of the old-fashioned, for us older people, football moms, like when we went to homecoming and we had the corsages with the big, big right. moms. And so this is kind of reminiscent of that, but um, so those big, big blooms, not just the small cushion moms that are um, like more um, maybe well-known. Yeah. Um, and then like the spider-shaped moms. So I think the fancy moms are always kind of, kind of good to have. It's too. kind of had like a sea anemone kind of look. Yes, like, it does, like a it little does. ocean creature yeah. on there. Now, are these as um, fragile? So I know that the small pink cushion moms tend to break rather easily when they're bumped. Um, are these larger decorative mums the same? Yeah, I think so. It, some, it just depends, but I would still be a little careful on them. Right. And if you want to plant them into the garden, just mulch them. Because I think planting this late into the garden, at least for the Northwest, sometimes they don't get a good hold with roots and you right. could lose them over the winter time. But hey, it's worth a chance. If they make it, then you got right. mums next year and then, too. And there are some differences between mums. You, you'll yes. see like mums that are in the garden centers out on the garden center center benches that are more designed to be an outdoor Correct. one that you can plant that'll right. be a little bit hardier that you may come back. But then you'll have the ones that are floral yeah. mums. So those are not generally as hardy. They're right. kind of bred and grown just for the different looks. So, but if you're just doing as, as for fall decorating, you don't need to worry about it. But Correct. if you do want to make it actually perennial, do a little homework first. Before definitely, you definitely. Yeah. What else do we have? So there is another kind of fun one. This is called Celosia. Yeah, look at that. Celosia. So this one has kind of a real kind of feathery looking like bottle brush mm -hmm. kind of plume. This one is real a real small purple little spikes. And it's just loaded right now with color. You know, and Celosia has come in an array of colors. You'll see lots of yellows, lots of reds, lots mm -hmm. of oranges. Um, some of the plumes on them will get to be a lot larger almost like feather duster yes yes kind, kind mm -hmm. of plumes these are nice because they're uh they're a little bit of a smaller foliage but it's just kind of a nice nice fall color i think is this a perennial or an annual those are annuals annual. yeah unfortunately so yeah there are a lot of them but they're one that you could have going all summer long sure and they're just in their in their prime right now so right. you could have that lot, lots of months of this and they'll go until you get some hard fruits. yeah and they love summer heat so they really do well our summer weather right and you know, I love the ornamental kales and cabbages, and so that's this one here. And those come, those come in like greens with purples or greens with whites, and those will stay. I've seen them in the landscape or in pots till January. Yeah, they'll definitely take take the cold cold weather, just um, go all winter long, and you know, the more the colder it gets, they start coloring up they even, do. even more. So Very much. when you buy them at the store now, they may not since we're still at warm temperatures may not be fully colored up. You'll start seeing some of the purple or some of the white on the inside, but they just even get better as, yeah. the, as the colder it gets. Yeah, those are cool. So always a good accent. You know, we talked about kind of the, you know, the plumes and the, and the fuzziness. Mm -hmm. So this ornamental millet is a really cool, cool plant. You know, it does remind you of that kind of that long feather duster, mm -hmm. bottle brush kind of thing. 
But millets come in lots of different varieties. You know, how many are you doing that? Yeah, house? we have this one. It's a dark, dark, really comb. The flowers dark with a green foliage. Then we have like a lighter colored with the green foliage. And then there's a gold foliage one right. with the dark, which is a pretty kind of contrast. And I think the millet is really nice too because once it's the foliage kind of goes away with the frost, leave it out because the birds will eat it. I mean, yeah. you buy millet seed for your birds, yeah. so just leave it out all winter time. And you know, for those that are listening that can't see it, you know, the foliage is kind of like a corn. Like a corn grass. Corn, corn mm -hmm. grass. So it's uh, you have the really long, tall. These plumes are probably you know over a foot long, Definitely. up tall. And this one's a little bit compact, more compact growth. Sometimes yeah. you can get them. The millets can get up four or five, six feet, yeah, feet tall. So depending on what you want to do, you can have real dark foliage, you know, on the focal point. But this is right. a pretty, pretty cool one for that. And I like that when uh, we kind of put this together and um, <laughs> you were kind of playing with it. And I love that the corn stalks in the back kind of echo that texture to the front with the millet. Right. And it's like very artistic, right? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so kind of think of that when you're making your display. You know, it's like any other display you do. You kind of think of textures and colors and... Um, and, all, and put that all together like right. that. Right, and the colors don't always have to come from a flower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have a couple here that are the ornamental peppers. Mm -hmm. And so ornamental pepper is kind of like you think of a pepper <laughs> pepper plant, an actual little, little pepper. Um, but these that we have just used today are little tiny little purple peppers. You know, they're kind of the, I don't even know how big you would I call don't know, it, like two, not even two inches. About an inch long, but mm -hmm. very, very thin. You know, and you get lots of different colors and lots of different styles. Yeah. So you'll have these that are, you know, little upright little peppers. You can get a little round ones. You mm -hmm. get some lar larger ones. But usually in the purples, reds, pinks, yellows, really great fall colors. Another one, I don't know if they're super edible. They're so hot. I, I <laughs> they're really I've, hot. I've never tried to eat one. But, uh, we had a contest one time. <laughs> we call them ornamental. Let's just yeah. leave it that. It's just let, let them to look at, not, not for eating. But uh, So great colors on the ornamental pepper. It really gives you that kind of pop. So just set them on the, uh, like this, or do them in containers. It's oh. just kind of a different different focal point. Yeah, it's a color spot instead of a, a flowering right. one, for you sure. Know, like you're saying, color spots, pansies. Pansies and violas. And then those will get us through till January because they just stay, um, and they don't mind the cold. They don't mind the wet. Right. And they'll really take it. So if you have planters that are out in the weather, put pansies and violas because they will be fine. Unless it gets really cold, then they'll kind of stop. But once it warms up a little bit, you'll get more flowers. And then, you know, we're talking some of these, you know, everything we've kind of shown so far has been annuals. But there are some really great perennials mm -hmm. that you could have in your pots and containers. And, you know, hookah is one that we have here right now. And this, the color of this one is just... Isn't that pretty? It's called Forever Red. It's a And it's just one. this really rich, like, mocha red leaf that really pops against some of these other, other colors. So when you have, like, the... You know, that paired up with some of these grasses to get the texture mm -hmm. and you put your pepper colors up your peppers or your pansies or your mums with it. And then, you know, it goes all winter long. Yeah. So in the Northwest, I'll stay green, you know, year, year round. So they really make a nice accent. It's one of those you could leave in your containers and you just don't have to worry about pulling it out. Yeah, and I think hookahs are really the, the color spot for fall and winter because they're evergreen in most places in the United States. They've even kind of bred them for the south east where it's so humid there are some that do well there and so i think almost in every zone in america that you can have hookahs and they're making them now that every season they're just a little different yeah. so they kind of just morph and so it's almost like you have four different plants right and the, you know the array of colors oh. you know that come out like you know we're talking you know the burgundies and reds the reds oranges yellows mm -hmm. even green and veining colors and 
like you said, you know, you'll get some fall color and some spring color. So there's so much different interest coming, and a lot of them have kind of an actually kind of a fun little bloom that you can have. I know it's got flowers too. It's a, it's a perfect plant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I noticed um, we've done stories in the past too about design elements, and so I know we did a story with Annie last year at Al's, and she was talking about working with that triangle. So you're talking about creating um, a design that is spread out, has a foundation, and then has you know, a nice statement piece as well. It's mm -hmm. kind of almost like the container, the thriller. The, the yeah, filler, thriller, and spiller. And spiller. And spiller. Yeah, so, so the thriller is the centerpiece plant. The uh, filler is the plants that are uh, in the bottom. And then the spiller are the ones that go down over the edge and soften the edges. And this design has that. You guys did a great job. Yeah, and so, and we used, we, to get some height, you know, we just use a miniature hay bale. Yeah, perfect. Or a full hay bale, which you can find at a lot of your, a lot of your nurseries and garden centers right now. Right. Where, will sell that. So, you know, you have your height of the corn stalk, you know, your little intermediary, and the hay bale works really well. It's like a bench to put things on. Right, right. And, you know, this is nice because, you know, a lot of these plants, we can just set on their inner pots. Yeah. And just set, set them around using the decorate. You don't have to worry about having big fancy containers. I mean, you can. Right, you right. don't have to do that. So, a lot of fun de decorating ideas, and you know, I've been on online looking at all sorts of different ones, you know, through, you know, Better Homes and Gardens and Sunset Garden Magazines and there are so many different ideas of what you can do right now. It's in, all over the internet, yeah. so it's fun, fun to take a look. And really, for all our regional people, go to your independent garden centers in your neighborhood, your favorite one, and you'll see all the displays they have. And you know, those are creative people, so if you want to steal our, their ideas, go right ahead. That's what they're there for. <laughs> yeah. And so a couple of tips um, from the producer. Um, when you're assembling something like this, be aware of the flammability of hay bales and stalks. You don't want to have them anywhere near open flames. That's why we do not have carved pumpkins here <laughs> with candles in them. Um, if you do anything around hay bales and stalks, remember to use battery operated uh, lights if you can, or just leave them as they are. Also, um, tripping hazards. So we have left ourselves, those little trick-or-treaters need to get up to the front door. And so you don't want to have any plant materials spread out and uh, creating a problem for people getting to your door. So we're gonna take a break um, here from Capital Subaru. And when we come back, we're gonna be back inside and we're gonna talk about some great fall tips that we may have missed last month with Jan. We'll be right back. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. Tell us what you're looking for and we'll upgrade the way you shop for Subarus. When you're just browsing, need great service, or starting your next adventure, we're always here for you. It's your story at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. And welcome back, and we are back inside now, and those are some great tips on decorating. And the, the key is, is that, you know, do what you want. I mean, some people yeah. can just, yeah. and we'll be honest, Teresa and I, we don't, we're not huge Halloween people, so we have a few things we put out. But to have something that simple put together that quickly yeah. is really, I mean, it's it's one trip to the to the garden center. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, so we're going to talk about, so um, last month we had Jan McNeilan on, yeah. we're going to talk about tips. And there are a few things that came up and people have had questions, especially about harvesting. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about what you can be harvesting in the fall and when you should be harvesting. So, um, yeah, because, you know, you know our, our garden has, right. you know, been it's pretty fruitful slow, yeah. at, for all summer and the weathers are starting to change and starting to get a little cooler. Things are slowing down a little bit and it's like, how long do we wait before we can harvest or do we wait too long and then the cold weather just wipes it all out? So, right, right. Um, you know, there's you know, a lot of things, you know, I think tomatoes are one that, you know, people always, always ask about. I still have all of these green tomatoes on my plant, you know, I've been harvesting, can I leave them on there? Right, when do you, when do you pull the trigger right, and right. take yeah. them, yeah. Take them yeah. all down? Yeah, it, that's kind of, you know, but if you're new to gardening, sometimes you don't know. Because if it's getting cool, the nights are getting too cool, they're never going to ripen. And right. you don't want them to start rotting. So green tomatoes. There's lots of green tomato recipes out right. there. there um, you can start you know, using those recipes or try to put them on the counter and see if they'll ripen. Sometimes they're just going to be like that translucent green. And they'll change. They'll turn yeah. um, to red to kind of pink. Yeah, so. if they're hard, really hard and immature, yeah. they won't ripen. Right. But uh, and people have questions about heirloom tomatoes, and uh, and that's a separate category all its own, right. and about how to tell. So um, we did the one uh, a few years ago, uh, the indigo that mm -hmm. came from Oregon State, and it's a almost a black. black yeah. And right. how do you tell when it's ripe? And I remember we were talking about this, and it's you're looking for subtle changes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's even just the smell. Because they say a melon, you can smell when it's ripe. Mm -hmm. um, but the same thing with these tomatoes is that you're looking for those little subtle changes, usually around the stem area, um, which show you that it's ripe. And so, and you don't want to go out there and squeeze them. Right, really right, right. No, no. But speaking about um, squashes and, and gourds and that kind of stuff, how do people tell? when say their uh, butternut squash is ready. Yeah, because the winter squash are totally different than the summer squash. Yes. So acorn squash, butternut squash, all those kind of big you know, spaghetti, squash. spaghetti squash, all those. And so we're all like, when do you do that? And so make sure they're hard. Don't be squeezing them so much you're hurting them, but that they're nice and hard and full. And, um, and that if there is a whitish spot on the bottom, you want to make sure that changes color so that it, it gets more, um, it's darker. If it's too light, then it's they're not ripe yet. Yeah, so if that spot's not there, though, how do you tell? Right, because and it's because as, as it ages, it's going to get harder, and the mm -hmm. harder it gets, the more ripe it is right. inside. So there's tricks where you can take like your your fingernail and poke poke your nail into the the flesh of the of the squash. If it goes in real easy, it's still too soft and it's not ready yet. But if it gets harder, where it's you feel like well, it's, I'm not penetrating, and it's, then it's time to right to harvest that. Right. And then the stem, like look at where the stem attaches to the fruit and it should look kind of dry. And it's like when that's all dry, it's not getting any nutrients from the mother right. plant. So it's time to, to harvest it. And that's kind of the thing about a lot of the, um, fruits and vegetables. When the plant starts to die, mm -hmm. that's when you're going yeah, to harvest. So <laughs> sunflower right. heads, right. when the foliage is going brown, you can leave them out for the birds. But if you're harvesting your sunflower seeds, now's the time to do that as the plant dies correct? right yeah, yeah when they're hanging down like that right. they're ready to go and there and there are you know a lot of things we'll you know harvest and, t and take out you mm -hmm. know there's the fall veggies that we planted this summer that are going to go through the fall right. and the winter yeah. but there are some vegetables you know like carrots mm -hmm. and onions that we may have planted this spring but you don't necessarily have to come out <laughs> no yeah. because they'll actually get sweeter once it gets cooler yeah. 
Or some of them will last through, because uh, I know people that have, um, they forget to take their onions out, <laughs> guilty, we did that one year. And we went out there and they were mushy. You yeah. could feel that they were mushy. Right. They came back the next year, that plant didn't die completely right. away. Our potatoes, once those stems died back, we dug them up. But um, for people that haven't dug theirs yet, now would be a good time to do that, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you, you want to get them out, you know, your foliage on the, on the potatoes should be dying, like you're talking mm -hmm. about, dying, dying back and not looking like much now. Right. It's not taking on any more nutrients. It's not growing anymore. You want to get those out. And that's a good time because, you know, when you go to, to store and store these things, you'll, you know, like your potatoes or your onions or even like your nuts. You know, we talked about some, you know, the hazelnuts and walnuts. They need to be kind of dry. Yeah. You don't, if, once you put them in and store them wet, they're, they're going to rot. rot. So yeah. you need to have them dry. So when we still have these dry weathers, it's good to get those out. Make sure you dry them, you know, in a, in a cool place. Make sure they're dry before you store them. Right. Yeah. And the same thing, too, um, I don't have any apple trees, but I go to different farms and get apples. And so I can store those in a cool spot. And I can have those keepers for weeks and weeks. And yeah. so that's kind of fun. Just make sure that they're not wet. They're not touching. You know, there's some air circulation. Right. But you can keep um, apples like that for right. a long pear, time. Pears, pears. pears are the same, mm -hmm. same way. That's yeah, the same but way. before we did our recent tour and we harvested our pears, brought them in. And once again, to know when your pear is ready, you lift it lightly and uh, go to 45 to 90 degrees. And if it snaps off, it's ready. You don't want to wait for it to completely turn color on the tree because then by that time it's too yeah. late. So um, we cold stored ours and we came home from our tour, oh. pulled them out and they ripened within a week. And we had wonderful oh, pears that weren't delicious. gritty. They were delicious. Yes. And mm -hmm. so, and that's the key there is um, knowing how to harvest them, how to store them, right. which will actually make them tastier as time goes on. Um, we're looking at some other things too about, um, we mentioned about mulching when Jan was here. Mm -hmm. um, now's a good time to do that. We wanna make sure that we mulch and protect. We were talking about asparagus beds and um, uh, rhubarb. And those there are, those plants are based on the crown. The crown is where you're gonna get your, uh, your stalks or you're going to get your asparagus spears and you want to protect those correct at this time of year yeah because yeah, anything that's you know slightly above that crown that's that's exposed to the, the weather it's okay to bury bury those and then come spring you can kind of pull mm -hmm. that back but that that mulch is going to help insulate insulate that crown because that's really what you want to protect is that crown and the roots roots below yeah and for us in the northwest it's the rain but other places it might just be cold right. you know in case the snow doesn't come in certain places and kind of insulate it then you want to to have something there um, also for dahlias um, I was thinking about my dahlias that I don't dig them anymore because I would lose them more that way than when I stored them so what I do is I cut them back and then I put newspaper down as just like a protective because those uh, the stems are like hollow straws. Right. And so then I put newspapers and then lots of leaves on top. And yeah. knock on wood, they do well. Yeah, and here so, um, in the Pacific Northwest, we don't have those extreme cold temperatures right. where the soil's gonna freeze right. and we're gonna lose those. We don't dig our tulips, we don't dig our mm -hmm. daffodils. Um, we leave most of our bulbs in the ground, including our summer blooming bulbs. Yep. As long as we have the good drainage and they don't yes. run away from yes. all the Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes. Good drainage. Um, so, and then <clears throat> as far as around the home, we talked about, uh, we've done stories about this, about uh, cleanup and that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, what you can do around your home. So what are some tips there? Yeah, so there's, you know, a couple things as we're coming coming off of summer and, you know, the rain the rains are coming. You know, gutters are always one of those things you, we need to start looking at now. And it's, we want to make sure that, you know, as rains come that our gutters are are clear 
and it's not going to be the last time you're going to be up no. there, unfortunately, because all, all the leaves have come down. So, you know, I'm usually cleaning mine out a, a few times just to make sure that, you know, the, the downspouts are unclogged. There's nothing sitting up there that's going to be rotting and give room for the rain. Yeah, definitely. And hoses, I always drain my hoses, drain all my drips. I pull those in and then I put those little um, kind of insulators over mm -hmm. the taps, even though we don't get really cold here, but you never know. Sometimes we yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, but make sure I put those all in place, put the hoses away in the basement. Um, what and, then, else? and then plants that are sitting on our decks or patio mm -hmm. that may be sitting in a saucer. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to think about those, you know, that saucer, it's, it's great in the summertime <laughs> when you're trying to retain that water in the saucer for it to soak back up. But once the rains come and it's just sitting in water all the time, right. go ahead and remove that saucer so the plant can drain and not sit in water all, yeah. all winter long. Yeah. And we did, um, Therese, uh, associate producer, loves ginkgos. And we planted a ginkgo. And we noticed now when we water it that it doesn't drain. So obviously mm -hmm. that the drain hole in that pot is not open. So we're going to have to go in and probably just take a, a, a probe of some sort, a mm -hmm. pencil or a pen, and open that drain hole up because um, even if the pot is sitting in a saucer full of water, right. if the plant is sitting in water, it's yeah. not going to survive as well. Right. So and there's root rot and things that dried out over the summer are not going to dry out over the <laughs> winter yeah. quite as quickly. Right. Um, anything else that... Um, you know, now's a good time also, you know, we look at your garden tools, you know, you've been out in the garden all, all summer, you know, you're digging things up and you'll be using them this fall. But we want to make sure that when we're putting away our garden tools for the winter, they're clean. Yeah. You know, we don't want Definitely. we want them to be dry. We want them to be clean so they don't rust. It just prolongs the the life of mm -hmm. our tools. You know, you can also you know if you have wood handles, you know, you can rub a little, you know, kind of sealing oil or mm -hmm. vein on your oil to keep those hydrated so they don't dry out. Make sure your blades are you know good time to sharpen your shovels and things like that if you want to and get everything ready to be stored for the winter. Yeah. You know, there's all those little th kind of things. You just kind of look around the garden and just kind of make that checklist or just kind of just just notice things and just get ready for the winter. And yeah. take care of those tools unless mm -hmm. you've lost them in the garden <laughs> over the course. Then you, <laughs> you, you may, may find them. You'll the find compost. them. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll find <laughs> them. Patio furniture is another one that yeah. oh, com yeah, yeah. comes to mind. You know, a lot of us have, you know, you know, nice patio sets that have, you know, cushions on the outside. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're storing your cushions for rain, it's good to get them in while they're dry. You don't want to wait till they're wet and then bring them in because <laughs> yeah. then they're going to get mold and mildew on them. So kind of pay attention to kind of how much more are you really going to use it before the weather comes and then make sure you bring those in while they're still dry. Right. Yeah. And we um, wrap our cushions and we place them above um, the floor level in our shed uh, during the, the winter time. Uh, friends we've heard and viewers that uh, of the TV show when you put cushions down and rodents and little mice oh, come in, right. they sure. can chew through there. So those cushions that you put on the on the ground floor of your shed, they're going to get they'll become nice little homes for, <laughs> for a little while. Right. Uh, um, and then greenhouses and, and coal frames. And we were talking about this because um, some people don't have a greenhouse. Some people do. Um, the key is like anything else is keeping them clean to avoid disease right. and mm -hmm. to make sure that everything works. Um, so, you know, if you have power going to it for heaters or power or hoses for water, make sure that those are good in operating working condition, correct? Right. Yep. And then, uh, you know, also, and like, you know, it might be time to start thinking about bringing, bringing plants in. Oh, you sure. know, we touched, mm -hmm. touched on this in, a, in previous podcasts about, you know, if you have like house plants and things like that, that are been used outside and before the weather and the temperatures start changing, 
now's a good time to start, you know, maybe replanting those and acclimating those to bring them back in before it gets too cold. Making sure your plants are clean before they come in. Yeah. And just start, now's the time to start thinking about, okay, what do I need to get done and start, start getting ready for fall. Yeah. Um, and I know in the upcoming podcast, we're going to talk about holiday plants. But there's always, uh, no matter the time of year, you can always go into a garden center. We talked about it when we did the, the display out front. You're going to find displays of what's blooming and what's looking great. Holidays change that as well. And then going into January, you're going to see house plants. Um, you know, people want bring plants in to liven up their living spaces. So any time of year, fall, winter, spring, summer, <laughs> you're going to find beautiful plants at your local garden center, correct? Oh, definitely. And you know, I think that coming in this time of year, before we put the tree up, before we get all the holiday stuff out, I think house plants are that kind of interim kind of just filler for right. us because we're craving to be outside. So we'll have greenery inside just to kind of, you know, we don't have that kind of um, anxiousness that we're not outside right. in nature. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still planting and moving things around <laughs> in my yard because it's a great time to do that. So, it is. I mean, true. it's like, don't just plant it once and forget about it. You know, move, move it around and change it and add new things all the time. I have this list on my fridge because we talked about things yeah. that got so burnt. And so I've been going around and marking all those so that I know when I have that time and when the weather's right, I have, I know exactly what I'm going to do. So. Excellent. We're ready. And <laughs> finally, um, the cold weather pushes us inside, but it also pushes other things inside. So people are going to start noticing possibly oh, oh, ants, critters, and no, yeah, no, insects, no. and things like that. Spiders try to, try to get out yeah. of the out of the weather, also. Yeah. Um, you know, but some people will capture the spiders and release them back outside, which is good. Um, I noticed there were some stink bugs that are showing oh, up. So if you're getting those too. late yeah. season stink bugs and, and ladybugs yeah. that are all looking for warmth mm -hmm. and a place where they can winter over. So be aware of those. Um, save them if you can, especially spiders. Spiders are great for the garden. Mm -hmm. um, anything else that uh, we can think of right now? Um, obviously, we welcome comments. You know, yeah, great yeah. I mean, to hear what people are doing. You know, there's yeah. all, all sorts of, you know, we can get into dividing perennials and moving stuff around, but I think that could be an entire podcast <laughs> on, <laughs> exactly. on what, exactly. how, to, how to do that. But, right. you, know, it's, you know, there's always time. It's, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's constant. You know, you evaluate your, evaluate your garden like, you know, we've talked about. Look at what worked, what didn't work, mm -hmm. you know, what needs to be moved, what needs to get replanted and kind of make, make a plan of what worked this year and get ready for next year. Yep. Cool. And there's always room for that one more plant in there. There is. <laughs> That's right. Um, we want to thank everybody for um, watching. Um, we got most of our information. Uh, we have, luckily have Jan McNeilan, a uh, retired uh, OSU Extension agent, Oregon State University Extension agent. And we got a lot of our tips. Um, they have a garden calendar on the Oregon State Extension website. Um, and we'll have the link to that on the screen for those watching, and it'll also be available on our website at gardentime.tv. Um, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, the change of the seasons is coming, and we'll be addressing that here in the next podcast or two. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening and watching, and we'll see you next time, and happy gardening. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. 
Tell us what you're looking for and we'll upgrade the way you shop for Subarus. When you're just browsing, need great service, or starting your next adventure, we're always here for you. It's your story at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway.